just heard was the beginning of John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. That initial sound was that of the drone, what you often hear in South Asian classical music. In the 60s, John Coltrane changed the face of jazz with this album and commenced the era of spiritual jazz. This was a pivotal time for Black America, a Cold War world bringing about new changes in art, technology, and social structures. All of this was happening against the backdrop of a burgeoning civil rights movement. So during this time, Black America looked outside the West for their own artistic inspiration, be it their roots in West Africa or a spiritual fascination within India. While it was popular to think of the 70s fascination with South Asian culture as appropriation and cultural exploitation, the context in which Black Americans sought out South Asia was a means of cultural escapism. It was tied to a purpose or a linked faith. The civil rights struggle of Black Americans was influenced by the independence struggle found in India and throughout South Asia. Black people in the United States were looking outside the West for that sense of cultural identity and grounding. So during the 20th century, Indian and African American activists forged collective bonds to combat anti-racist and anti-colonial practices. This led to a burgeoning musical collaboration between the two peoples. And South Asian philosophies didn't influence jazz much through sound, but rather through structure. We see this greatly with John Coltrane's style of jazz called modal jazz. And with this style of jazz, they decide to build songs around scales instead of chords. And while it has its foundations in America, he was greatly influenced by Indian classical music. Indian classical music has the rag, which is similar to the modes that is found in Western music. It hosts a predominant pitch, its implied mood, and a number of corresponding pitches. Throughout this, the song is anchored by a low droning part, what you heard earlier in John Coltrane's A Love Supreme intro. And through this, it allows the song to keep going on and on and on. And what we also see included in John Coltrane's A Love Supreme is a chant, or a mantra. Coltrane's chant performance dovetails with the structure found in Vedic chants. And this chant draws upon his personal and lived spiritual experiences, where he paints out his redemptive spiritual arc found through a love supreme. Now, as spiritual jazz took a foothold throughout America, it wasn't one-sided. Rather, it was a collaboration between two people groups. One famous example is Miles Davis, again, another pioneering jazz musician, and Badal Roy, who is an Indian tabla player. We also have Asha Putli, which is an incredibly impactful, yet unappreciated and unacknowledged South Asian jazz pop princess. Asha worked with one of the most famous and influential jazz musicians of all time, Ornette Coleman. Ornette Coleman was the father of free jazz, and he invented a new form of jazz called harmonolotics. This placed less emphasis on harmony and goes into pure melody, with equal emphasis on speed, rhythm, time, and phrases. Now, 
This synchronizes beautifully with South Asian music, which again does not place a high relevance on harmony like the West does, and instead relies on improvisation as a means of expression. To them, it's the musical expression in the most abstract and free form. The two cultural groups and their different traditions are grounded in improv, and not just an improv on sound, but an improv on emotion. Jazz and South Asian classical music are full body experiences. They both have performances and a listening audience with gurus or teachers or well-known performers instructing and leading the chorus. Like the chants of South Asia or the gospel in the pews of Black America, there's an underlying vein of religiosity through it all. Asha got the chance to work with Coleman as her mentor, offering her unique vocal styles on the album Science Fiction, which is a way of escapism through space. These unique vocal styles came from decades and decades of Indian classical musical training. And Asha then cites that this closed throat and somewhat subdued style of singing is what contributes to her own divine nature. This unique and South Asian spacey sound that she had contributed to the formation of Donna Summer's own persona in Love to Love You Baby. If you listen to I Dig Love, you can hear the similarities in sensuality and overall sound. This is a sound that wasn't done before and spearheaded by Asha. As Asha puts it, there's this whole thing about the improvisation, the minor chords, the free form, the liberalness about the art, that particular form is what attracted me to jazz, but it was also the fact that it came from a repressed people. Jazz belongs to the Black American experience. Asha saw a similar common ground from her own South Asian experience as a woman to her jazz musicians and their Black experience. She also loved how jazz voice is used as a form of instrumentation, akin to her own training. So this fusion of jazz and classical Indian singing allowed her to transcend beyond the self. And to put this into perspective about how she sees herself, one time an interviewer asked her, aren't you royalty? And she responded, don't insult me, I'm divinity. There is this sense that the deeply spiritual music created by jazz musicians of the 60s and early 70s can't be replicated with the same vigor but jazz continues to be a place where Black and South Asian artists go for creativity and also spiritual refuge. The early collaborations between Black and South Asian artists continued, with the diaspora of the South Asians in the United States seeking out jazz for the exact same reasons. Recently, three incredibly talented musicians released Love in Exile, Aruj Aftab, Vijay Ayer, and Shahzad Ismaili. Vijay is a leader in contemporary jazz, and Aruj recently won a Grammy for Best New Artist. Aruj's unique, minimalist style uses the philosophies of jazz and fuses it with Western instrumentation and Urdu poetry. Love in Exile plays on the theme of diaspora and longing, 
with song emerging out of improv and ritual time. They build upon the original principles laid out by Coltrane and bring forth a new music, progressing past genres. Jazz and traditional South Asian music and its people have been in dialogue for decades. The South Asian diaspora continues to run to jazz for inspiration and grounding. I've seen a new artist such as Ravina, Tara Lilly, Joy Crooks, and Peter Cat Recording Company. In a post-secular world, jazz became a new liturgy for Black artists and other communities. A religion not based on dogma and centuries-old tradition, but rather an amalgamation of various musical styles, instrumentation, philosophies, and peoples. As Neil Leonard puts it, jazz is a powerful social force that can cut broadly and deeply. Its prophets, rituals, and myths touching not only individual souls, but large groups, bringing intimations of magic and sacred to an era whose enormous changes have depleted conventional faiths. No matter where jazz music travels in the future, it seems unlikely that there will ever be a time when there will not be jazz musicians who do not express their spiritual journey through the sound of the divine. As one puts it, the best music occurs when I get out of the way and let the creator play through me. I see.